You know, there's a song that says, I need thee every hour. I need him every moment. How many would agree with that? Say amen. amen. And especially during this time. Our theme this year is Jesus is the one in 2021. And I want us to focus on a person, not a principle, on a person. Jesus Christ. It's easy to look at the Bible and say, here are some principles we need to follow. Jesus is the person that is in control. He's the one that lives within you. And our verse this year is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking into Jesus, the author and finish for our faith. Every trial, every storm should drive us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not talking about Jesus, you're being led astray. I wish our church people, we, I wish all of us would talk about Jesus more. The reason I'm going to heaven is because of Jesus Christ. Uh, the reason I'm here is because of Jesus Christ. Nobody else died for my sins. Jesus did. And the Lord lives in each one of us if you're saved. And he is the one that can uh, change a heart. I'm thankful that God is in the changing business. Now, last week I preached a sermon from 1 Peter chapter 5, and I said there's three things we need to remember, and we better remind ourselves those, those three things. Number one, we need to submit to God's control. God is in control of all things. Even the problems in our life, we need to submit to the control of God. And Peter was writing to a group of believers who were being persecuted. They understood what persecution is all about. Secondly, we need to submit to God's care, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You need to remember this. Even during the storm of life, God cares about you. He cares about you right now. You are a child of God. And then there's, we got to submit to God's caution. And I often forget about that. I didn't think about it until right now. I have an enemy. You have an enemy. And he's seeking whom he may devour. And his name is the devil. He doesn't like you. In fact, I used to think when you got, became a Christian, life would be a lot easier. No, it's not easier. Uh, you uh, have become an enemy of the devil. Uh, you're against him or he's against you. I'm thankful that the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man wrote a book years ago and he started the book out. Chapter one, first phrase, life is difficult. We need to understand that this morning. Life is not easy. And if you, I think all of us, we want life to be easy and we want it to go our way and we want it to be soft and we don't want any trials. We think that if there's no trials in life, that'd be a wonderful life. Well, I have news for you, that will not happen. Not until you get to heaven. We need to understand that many times it's God that will lead us into the storm. Now he's always in control. If he didn't want that storm or that trial to happen to you, he could prevent it from happening to you. But many times he leads us into the storm. If you have a Bible this morning, turn to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. We'll begin in a little bit here. But Jesus led his disciples into a storm. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter says, don't think it's strange when you fall into a fiery trial, as some strange thing happened to you. So don't ever get up in the morning and think, oh, I didn't know this trial was coming, because God warns us. 
First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, after you have suffered a while, we need to understand we need to get ready for a warfare. We need to get our uh, uh, thinking right. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, Peter says, the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. Now, maybe you're in a storm right now and you say, Pastor, I'm tired of it. I just went out of this storm. We're going to see some hidden blessings from being in the storm. And maybe your prayer this morning is, Lord, get me out of this storm. And God says, no, that's not my will. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, that God's ways are far above our ways. Far above our ways. That tells me he thinks different than I think. And he thinks different than you think. And we all think a certain way. God says, my ways are far above your ways. In fact, we need to embrace the storm because God has a lesson for it. And I realize all of us, we don't like the storms of life. They come in various shapes and sizes and at times. And, and maybe right now you're saying, Pastor, there are so many storms in my life. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. What I ought to do is drive you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of growing in the Lord is to believe that God is always right and his ways are always right. I may not agree with God, but who am I? <laughs> who are you? And folks, we complain, we grumble, we tell others how bad life is. When God is sovereign and he allows us to go through certain things for a reason. And I want to direct your thoughts this morning to Matthew chapter 14. The disciples went through a storm and Jesus sent them into a storm. I don't know about you, but I don't like storms. I don't like real storms, physical storms, or the storms I go through in life. And I remember many times when I was supposed to go see my mom up in Watertown, Wisconsin, she would say, uh, sometimes she'd say, you better not come up. There's going to be a bad snowstorm. I get on my app on my phone, the weather app, and you've done it too. And I looked, oh, wow, three feet, three feet of snow or three inches of snow or whatever. Driving conditions, not good. I'm thinking, okay, we'll make it a different time. That, that's how we are. God isn't that way. He says, I'm not going to keep you from going through the storm. I'm going to send you through the storm. Because folks, to be honest, we don't grow until we're going through the storm. If you're not going through a storm this morning, it's easy for you to say, God is good and I'm trusting in God. But the moment you go through a storm, that's when your faith is being tested. And let's look at storms as God's way of testing us. I hated tests. I, I didn't like when we had a teacher, and his name was Dr. Weeks. He's with the Lord today. But at the beginning of class, my heart would drop when he said, get out a three by five card. I'm like, oh no, he said, this is a pop quiz. I didn't like that. We get out a three by five card, and he would ask us 10 questions, and then a bonus question. I wanted 10 bonus questions. He was testing to see how much we knew. And it's easy for us to say our faith is strong 
before the storm, but during the storm, how strong is our faith? Matthew chapter 14 this morning. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And he could go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. This is maybe going to say more about this, but uh, Jesus sent his disciples away. He sent the multitudes away. He had a busy, hard day. Now, what do we do after a busy, hard day? Why well, deserve a break? And maybe we sit in front of the television set and you watch a movie, or if you're a guy, you watch sports. Or maybe you uh, get your favorite food and you uh, pig out and you say, I deserve it, I had a hard day. Jesus had a really hard day. What does he do? He prays. If the Son of God needed to pray after a busy day, how much more do we need to pray? Folks, you see what we do. We want to be distracted from our stressful life, and so we watch a movie or watch sports or we do something else, and then when it's all over, we have the same problems and maybe more problems because we have to pay for all that food that we uh, bought. When Jesus says, you pray, because when you pray, you're getting your soul restored. So Jesus went a, apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. And the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wave for the wind was contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Only person ever walked on water. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, were, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, folks, it's during the storm we see the glory of God. If Peter and the disciples had not obeyed Jesus... And gotten into the ship and went to the other side and they were in the storm. They would have missed out on some tremendous miracles. And I wonder how many times we miss out on miracles because God is directing us a certain way. And we're fighting. We have a bad attitude. We don't have a humble spirit. We don't have a submissive spirit. And we're fighting against Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful this morning. 
that this is your word. This isn't fake news. This really happened. And Lord, I ask that you teach us this morning. Father, teach us some lessons about going through the storms of life and being submissive so that we can learn what you have for us to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Right before this happened, when Jesus sent his disciples into the ship to go to uh, uh, across the Sea of Galilee to the other side, a miracle took place. It's a miracle we're all familiar with. It's recorded in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. Now, we heard that story over and over again. But I think to myself, I'm so much like the disciples. And we can condemn the disciples, but yet, uh, here's the miracle. And the Bible said there was 5,000 men. Now, with the men, there's women and there's children. So some believe there was 20, 25,000 people there. And uh, one of the Gospels said at the end of the day, Jesus is tired. And he looked up at the multitudes. And um, one of the disciples said, well, just send them home. Aren't you thankful that Jesus was concerned about their physical needs? So Jesus turned to Philip and he said, okay, Philip, um, where we get this food? And Jesus knowing already what he was going to do. Now, Jesus doesn't ask us questions for information. He already knows. And when we pray, he already knows what we're going to say. But he tells us to let our request be made known unto God for our benefit. Well, Philip says, ah, there's no McDonald's out here. There's no restaurant out here. Uh, if we had 200 penny worth, that would be eight months of salary. There still wouldn't be enough to feed these people. So Andrew said, well, there's a little boy that has a lunch. Five loaves and two fishes. And I believe the loaves were small. And uh, it just shows me this morning that God can take anything in our lives and use it. It's not what we have, it's what God can do. Right now, you might be thinking, oh, pastor, life is overwhelming, but you take your little bit. You don't have to have anything. But if you have God, you have everything. And so Jesus commanded that the disciples would sit the uh, people down on the ground, and they were sat down by fifties or hundreds, and Jesus blessed the bread and break it. Now, if the Lord wanted to, he could have called manna down from heaven. Think about that. But he did it. He was showing his disciples that he could be sufficient in every single situation. So the disciples, they handed out the bread. They handed out the fish. And what's interesting, the Bible said the people were full. They didn't just get a little bit, like at communion, you get that little bit of grape juice. Think, oh, I wish there was more. And then Jesus told his disciples to gather the leftovers. This is amazing. Twelve baskets full. That's incredible. Uh, you know, some Bible scholars have said one for each uh, disciple. The Bible doesn't say, I don't know. What if? What if they gave the twelve baskets full to the little boy? And his mom didn't go. That day, and the boy comes home with 12 baskets full, and she says, what's that? that? That's my lunch. And he tried to explain to his mom, Mom, you wouldn't believe it. They took my five loaves and two fishes, and this is what was left. And mom said, oh, no, no, no. Where did you, well, you tell the truth, son. 
But what gets me, this miracle happened. And the disciples saw it. I'm so much like the disciples. Because God does something wonderful and it takes care of me. And there's so many times when I say, okay, God, if you get me through this, I'll start trusting you. And I know you have said that too. Right after this, Jesus said to the disciples, get into the boat. And then they encountered a storm. And Jesus said, where is your faith? That shows me why I need to be in God's word every day. Is because my faith needs to be built up. And yours does too. And sometimes we look at Bible reading like, you know, all right, I checked the box, I read the Bible today. It's for your source of strength. I'd like to see you try that with um, eating sometime. Okay, I didn't have lunch, but I'll check out the box because I, you know, I don't feel like preparing. I don't feel like eating today, but I'll check the box up. No, I'll tell you, your stomach would tell you something else. And if you're married, your wife would tell you something else, too. She'd say, you're grouchy. But notice, first of all, the Savior's, Savior's plan. God has a plan for our lives. God is in control of what's going on in our country today. God is in control of everything. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now there are different storms that Jesus will send us into or God will send us into. Uh, there's a storm of correction that God sent Jonah into. But then there's a storm of perfection. And many times God allows us to go through the storm of perfection. Jesus sent the disciples into the storm. And straightway, I believe this, and perhaps you have too, maybe in the back of your mind you think, you know, the more I live for God and, and the more spiritual person is, they have less trials. That is not the truth. I think of Johnny Erickson Tata. When I listen to her on the radio, I, I feel convicted. She had such strong faith, and she, she's paralyzed from the neck down. She's had cancer. She's had the COVID, and, and I'm Lord, what else does she need? And every single time she goes through a trial, she always focuses on God. She says, God's trying to teach me a lesson. In our lives, too, we have a perfect Heavenly Father that knows what's best for us. And what's best for us may not be what we think is best. What we think is best is not to have any trials, have a trouble-free life. And God says, no, this trial is for your benefit. It's for your blessing. And straightway, immediately, uh, some would wonder, why did Jesus send the disciples when Jesus knew they were going to go into a storm? Because the crowd wanted to make Jesus king for earthly reasons. Because they wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. And Jesus knew perhaps the disciples would join the crowd and he sent the uh, disciples apart or sent them into uh, uh, the ship to go across. Now, it wasn't easy for the disciples to be separated from the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says, and straightway Jesus constrained. That means he almost had to force the disciples to get into the ship. 
Maybe they were fighting the Lord. Oh, we don't want to leave you now. Lord, we want to stay here. We just saw you perform miracles. Oh, and they were fighting the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, get in the ship. Jesus knowing that they would encounter a storm. Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Oh, if we could just get alone with God. I've said many times when we pray, we get what God can do. When we do it in our own strength, we get what man can do. And there are some things that only God can do. Jesus prays. Do you realize this morning he's praying for you? In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see, what is Jesus Christ praying about? He is praying that you will be more like him. And he's praying that when we go through the storms of life, that we'll have a submissive, humble spirit that we'll learn during those storms. So we see the Savior's plan, but we see the Savior's presence. And this morning, we already heard several people say that God never leaves us nor forsakes us. What a blessing. Jesus is with us in the storm. And right now, it might be a dark time in your life, but you're not alone. God is with you. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. The disciples had made this trip many, many times. They thought it was an easy trip. And now they're in the midst of the sea. It's like uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. Things are dark. Uh, things look worse, worse at night. And the Bible says that the winds were contrary. They're trying to get to a certain destination. And they're being blown back. And Mark tells us in his gospel that they are rowing for their lives. I mean, this is a tough situation. This is a scary situation. The wind is blowing the waves into the boat. They're thinking they're going down. They're going to die. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. You ever feel like you're not in control of your life? That's how they felt. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to steer the ship, and God's steering the ship. And the more they would roll, the worse things got. And uh, they were probably yelling at each other, Come on, you need to roll a little harder. And the Bible says, And in the fourth watch, that would be three in the morning, of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So here they are, overwhelmed. It's raining. The wind's blowing. Water's getting into the ship. And it's dark. And they see Jesus walking on the water. Well, they weren't looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. During the storm, don't look at the circumstances. Look to the Savior. Because Jesus is the only one that can save you. In verse 26, 
When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They cried out for fear. The Savior's plan, the Savior's presence. But we see the Savior's peace. I love that. In the middle of the storm. He wants to give you peace. He may not deliver you from the storm, but he'll give you a peace. As you give your problems to God, he'll give you his peace. The Savior's peace. In verse 26, And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled. That means any peace, any rest in their heart was now gone. We've all been there. Trouble saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Now, I wish I had been there that time. I mean, these guys were tough. And I'm sure they got on each other, so I can lift that rock you can't. And I've caught a bigger fish than you have, and I'm a faster roller than you are. And all of a sudden, they're at night, and they're crying out like babies. Grown men. Reminds me of the true story of uh, two college guys that got a job during the summer working at a funeral home. And um, they had to do some work down in the basement and there was caskets all over. And uh, the one said to the other, he said, uh, are you, do you believe in ghosts? He goes, no, I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm scared of them. There was a tradition at that time. I'm sure the disciples had heard it. That if you, you would see your ghost before you died. They were scared. Mark chapter 6 verse 48 says, And he saw them toiling in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, three o'clock in the morning, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. So Jesus was just going to simply walk by. Jesus wasn't trying to scare them. He was trying to help them. The whole time he was in control. Disciples weren't. What was the purpose? We see the Savior's plan, the Savior's peace. The Savior's presence, but the Savior's purpose. In verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, just tell me to come. Well, that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. We can condemn Peter, but he walked on water for a while. I've never done that. Maybe on ice, but not water. So Peter gets out of the ship and he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. So he gets out of the ship and he starts to walk on water. But he does something that every one of us do when we're in the storm. He looks at what the wind is doing. And he looks at the water in the ship. 
And he looks at how the waves are crashing against the ship. And the Bible says, Come, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So he wasn't walking on the water to show the other disciples, Look at me. I can walk on water. You can't. He was walking on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. What a lesson for all of us. When you're in that storm, instead of trying to figure out yourself, instead of trying to debate with other people, turn to Jesus. Because the greatest storm that we ever faced in life is a storm of needing forgiveness. And Jesus met that need. And he is our answer. You say, Pastor, there are a lot of storms. God understands. He's with you in the storm. Instead of looking at the storm, look at the Savior. He's the only one that can help you out. In verse 31, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Don't you love that? He didn't let Peter sink for a while. Well, that's what you get for not trusting me. Immediately. Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. What the storms do reveal how much faith we really have. A number of times during the years, someone will tell me, Pastor, it's raining outside and there's a leak out in the activity center. Or there's a leak in the nursery. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm thinking it wasn't leaking a couple days ago when the weather was nice out. It wasn't you know, raining. It was sunny out. But when it starts to rain, it reveals that there's a hole in the roof. And in our lives as well, everything seems great. We can tell people, I have great faith. I have strong faith. I'm happy. But when the storms of life come, they reveal to us our faith really isn't that strong. Our faith is weak because worry and fear reveal to us that our faith is weak. In verse 32, And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Wow, two miracles happened. When Peter and Jesus got into the ship, the storm ceased immediately. See, when God performs a miracle, it's not gradual, it's immediately. And another gospel tells us that the ship was at the shore of their destination. Talk about two miracles. Wow. And they would have missed out on those miracles if they had not gone through the storm. Storms reveal to us our true faith. When they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. 
And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. What they said to Jesus, Jesus, we want to worship you. You really are who you said you are. Folks, during the storm, God is still God. He has not changed. Storms reveal our weaknesses. One of the great American naval vessels that was destroyed in World War II was called the Wasp. It was a strong naval vessel. It got hit by some torpedoes. The Navy crew did not want it to go down. Of course, they were fighting. They were fighting to save the ship, but finally the captain gave a command. Put on your life jackets. Jump overboard. Get away from the ship. Because at that time, they were taught that you don't hang around the ship because the ship could capsize. You could lose your life. The captain was one of the last men to get off the ship. He said he climbed down the net and he jumped into the water. He had his life jacket on. He said, only when I got into the water did I realize how many of the Navy personnel were scared. He said, I saw panic on their eyes because they were clinging to the side of the ship. They did not trust their life jacket. He said, I knew if that ship would capsize, they were going to die. They were going to drown. And they screamed out to them, let go of the side of the ship. And he said, some let go and some didn't. He said they were just trying to cling to the side of the ship. And folks, would you let go and trust God? Because God is in control. God is in control of your life. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows the storms you're going through. He knows the battles you're facing. He knows what's going on in Washington. He knows what's going on in our world. Not only does he know, he can control it. And he's telling every believer, trust in me because I will send you into a storm sometimes. But that storm isn't to break you. It's to make you. That storm should drive you, as Peter said, Lord, save me. I wish I could look out here this morning and think, you know, none of us are going through storms, but every person is going through many storms. And I'm thankful that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament and the God of today. And the God of the Bible is the God of today. God not only holds you, but he holds the storm as well. And our attitudes ought to be different. Especially when we focus on the storms of life. We don't like them. I mean, our day is a good day if we don't have any trials and storms. But not according to our Heavenly Father. Especially when he sent the disciples into the storm. Because he was trying to build them. 
And he wanted their faith to be strong. Oh, he knows our faith. He knows how strong it is. But do we really know how strong it is? 